Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, presented by Manscaped.ca. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 140. I am your host, Blaine Pudvang, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. And Matt Smith. Afternoon. All three of us together on one show. It's uh, lately been rare. It's miracles. It really has been, yeah. As Matt sucks back another beer, prepping for the day. (laughs) Air Force. Chair Force. Drinking before you spin 50 times is probably not a good idea. Yeah, so what is the record in your unit there for the spare chin, uh, uh, chair spin there, Matt? I don't know. I don't even I don't remember. Because <laughs> oh, they drink too much before they do yeah. it. That's that, exactly. I know that, uh, I know that if, uh, not too long ago, the uh, the fire department showed up in the building because they uh, they were they wanted to, like, there was a guy leaving the unit, so they put him in a chair and they, like... They were going to spray him with a fire hose, but as soon as they touched the fire hose, the alarm went off. So they were like, oops. <laughs> so it was well thought out. Oh, yeah. Very well. So, yeah, yeah. I wasn't there for it. I just heard about it. Because, <laughs> you know, nothing more uh, more angry than a firefighter who was woken up from a nap. I know, right? Yeah. May I, I might put out that this is military firefighters so right. the air yeah. force firefighters yeah. i know they were going i know they were going to do it but i think as soon as they touched the fire hose and it went off they were like oh, we're not gonna do that anymore. well why not you follow through you already set off the alarm finish the job <laughs> typical air force can't I finish know. a job that's all good i was no. know what would happen a sailor would just follow through yeah, right. yes <laughs> and so then they would pretend job. they didn't even hear the alarm i don't know what you're talking about yeah. What alarm as you're put you're just turning off the bail on the fire hose. Yeah. But uh we squadron's been busy though. Uh it's been we've been in the news uh, quite a bit um in the last sure. little while. So. Yep, super busy. Yeah. You guys so. work all the time, nonstop. Heroes. That's all we do. That's national we do. heroes. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> asking about your week, Matt, but thanks for telling us. Um, <laughs> Treg, no one cares about yours. That's why no one asks. I know. I'm just. <laughs> we learned this the hard way. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even bring mine up because I know better. As I'm no. recording from the Habs Unfiltered Studios, which also works as a homeschooling center for my children. Fun. Same with mine. My granddaughter's here because her daycare is closed and she was actually learning with my daughter uh, grade 12 global history. So yeah, my nice. three-year-old granddaughter's going to be a genius. No, but she's not. But anyway. She's held back by her grandfather's genes. If I'm actually her grandfather, we'll see. <laughs> it's debatable. Hmm. She's too cute to be yours. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just, I'm being honest. I'm being. Oh, I, I totally agree. And so is her mother. So there's, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> A loose toothbrush here and there might get stolen, is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, it is episode 140. Uh, this episode, we've got, we're going to cover quite a bit. So. We're going to have some news and notes around the NHL. There's quite a bit that's happened over across the pond. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the issues that have been, that have come up with uh, Jonathan Drouin. Uh, we'll discuss the Canadians playoff hopes and the upcoming game against the Jets tonight. As we record, it is the 30th of April. And on the second half of the show, we're going to be joined by Sam Harrigan of the Wisconsin uh, Badgers press He's going to talk to us a little bit about his Cole Caulfield scoop and some women's hockey as he covers women's hockey for the Badgers. So let's just dive into this uh, around the NHL and across the pond news and notes. Uh, today, as, uh, as I mentioned, we record in the afternoon of the 30th of April. The Seattle Kraken are now officially in the NHL. As of today, they are the 32nd franchise. And I might, I might add that several years ago before they were named, I said the Kraken was the only name that they should use, and they listened. That's the kind of power I have. You and millions of other people who all over social media said the Kraken. But I was part of that, so that's the yeah. power I hold. <laughs> and you were probably cracking open a bottle of Kraken at the time, and that's what brought it up. As a sailor, I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny that I was drinking Kraken rum. Hey, you know what would be a good name for the new team? <laughs> Alexander Keats. <laughs> oh, geez, what am I shooting this with? Oh, it's some Kraken. <laughs> uh, just putting it out there, you know, Kraken rum or Alexander Keats. Wants so to why hasn't Montreal uh, traded Weber and Price to Seattle yet if they're part of the team as of today? That should have been done by noon. Funnily enough, I wrote an article about that on recruits.ca. So feel free to subscribe and check that out. A lot of talk about how that plan is poppycock. And why. Oh, it, it is, but thousands of Habs fans on social media cannot be wrong. We'll get into Habs fans on social media when we get to the Jonathan Drouin piece. Uh, the next order of business on the news and notes uh 
the Gregarian Cup is over. The KHL season's done. They have handed out the championship trophy and right now partying out in Moscow or somewhere in Russia. Emlyn Kovalchuk and Habs legend himself, Yuri Sekach, have won with avant-garde. Uh, their head coach is someone that Treg has been pushing as a, you know, the next Habs head coach for a while. He loves this guy. You can talk about him at length. But uh, yeah, no, they, uh, they've, won a, they've won the championship. Uh, Sakach and Emelin are going to remain with the club. However, Kovalchuk has mutually terminated his contract. And Matt has a theory on what's going to happen too. So, Treg, well, what, what about you? Well, let's start with you with your, <laughs> with your, your coach love. Bob Hartley love oh, coming up. Bob Hartley was the coach <laughs> of the uh, avant-garde team, and uh, he's right. a Stanley Cup winning coach who speaks French. So have at her. <laughs> I don't think he should be head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. He's, I think he falls under that old school coaching that uh, are kind of going to kind of shun from the NHL now because of their way with people and attitudes so i don't think you'll see him I, back in the nhl i don't remember him being i don't he what i don't think he was ever brought out for that but i'm just speculating because he's never really i don't know maybe maybe i'm just speculating off my own maybe i'm just ass chatting but uh i think he falls under but he does fall under the old school coach dynamic so sure um sure. But uh, if, if they need a new coach and if anyone wants to go to the hockey writers, there's a new article out as of today about uh, Ducharme. Uh, you don't a, say. A long playoff run in order to, uh, or a deep playoff run in order to keep his job. Um, I still often want, I still wonder, even though I wrote that article, I still think he may have a job next year regardless, but uh, uh, depending on if Bergevin's back or not, which I think he will be. Uh, but Hartley could be an option uh, in Montreal. Uh, he is a coach with a pedigree, so an NHL pedigree. So uh, who knows? And if anyone Maybe wants a... to find out who else would be a good option, they should go to the hockey writers and check out Treg's latest article. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, you had you had some theories on Kovalchuk. I got a theory on Hartley as well. Like he turned he turned Yakupov into a champion. So you know he's 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 taken he's taken Yakupov and won a major championship before McDavid. So, so he developed him. So he's developed him. So clearly, clearly the next probably going to be the next coach of the Canadians. Um, so uh, yeah, with uh, with Kovalchuk, I put it up on Twitter and a couple of people laughed at. It. I got a couple of funny DMs as well, um, saying that Kovalchuk terminated his contract with Avangard because he's going to come back to Montreal. So I'll just throw that rumor out there. You heard it here for here, folks. Uh, a completely <laughs> unfounded rumor from the Habs unfiltered insider. Yeah. yeah. Three R's. There's three yeah. R's. In you, you know what? He, he, he played, you know, the, you know, the, the KHL is in the NHL, but you know, he, he, he did play well in the KHL um, before Emlin got injured or uh, was it missed a uh, missed time with his illness and everything. And, was really in bad condition. Uh, he was having a good season too. He's wearing the C for the team and uh, the K. Or yeah, he was wearing the you know, whatever. Yeah, he's wearing. Yeah. Well, he was there for the final game. Emelman was back for the final game. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was in the crowd. He was in the crowd. Oh, okay, because when they, they show him play. picking up the Garen Cup, he has his jersey on. I didn't realize. Yeah. know if he had gear on or yeah. not. Yeah. But yeah, I feel. I so I feel good for him. 
I feel yeah. I feel good for him that he was we, that he was able expecting to come back. a full recovery, but it's going to take the entire offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that's good news. Uh, Emlyn coming back from that uh, from liver failure, and Kovalchuk winning a championship, and then maybe bringing that uh, Gagarin Cup ring with Bob Hartley to Montreal. And uh, Yuri Sakic, don't forget he won. Yuri Sakic, uh, no, he's staying out there Yuri because Sakic, you know he won. Yeah, uh, he's going to pad his advanced stats out there first. Habs draft picked. No, he was a free agent. Was he a free agent? I thought it's they drafted him. No, it's free no. agent. Oh, he came over from Anaheim, didn't he? Uh, you're talking. Yeah. You're thinking about like Martin Reway or whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking about yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Who's tearing it up in Europe right now? I'm guessing. I don't know. Martin Reway. I'm just. I, I thought he was out of hockey because of his illness. It's possible. I honestly, I've lost track of Martin Reway, so I don't. I know. haven't heard his name since Matt just mentioned it yeah. <laughs> in like forever. Martin Reway playing in the Slovak lead this year. There oh. you go. Our stats 42, guy right here. Four, Forty-two games, twelve goals, twenty assists. That's actually good for pretty him. Good. Yeah. Good for him. I always thought he was going to be a good player for Montreal. Small but good. Yeah. I'm just happy he's playing professionally because uh, yeah. after all his uh, illnesses, it's nice to see him being able to play and speaking of slovak leads uh, uh matt you have other information coming over from <gasps> there's maybe a czech league or something oh. yeah, the neighboring <laughs> the neighboring country the neighboring okay country. so uh so yager's uh yager's uh team that he plays for and that he owns um Cladno. Cladno, who apparently martin reway played for last year did not know that either uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they just uh they just won their i guess the czech second tier title and uh now they've been promoted to the top czech league and uh Plikanik has already said that he's going to come back for another year and yager at 49 years old has also said that he's going to come back so you know good for him good I'm, for I'm him. a little upset because i, I sent him uh, an offer to come play beer league out in nova scotia so it's <laughs> It's, it sucks to see that he's turned down the offer of one free beer after every game to go play professionally yeah. for a team he owns. Yeah. It's, it's silly because didn't everyone agree to have mullets for that team too if he yes. came over and played? So, in his honor. That's that's rude, actually. It's quite rude. We're still doing the mullets though. And the free beer? Well, no. We oh, only Yager got free beer. Only Yager would get free beer. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. For this team. Well, I, do have a te- I do have a team that's sponsored by Molson's that provides us free beer. Well, I'm out then because I, you know, I'm just as good as Yager was when he was three. <laughs> <laughs> and I have never been that good. So <laughs> I just, I just play for free beer. That's all it is. Is there's Claude? No, then there's the Claude no Knights. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, right? we're back so, on that. Okay. All right. So, so Claude, no, Claude, no is the, uh, Claude, no is like the, the top tier team and the Knights is the second tier team. So and which be, one, which one does Yager own the Knights or both? I don't know. If he, I, I think he might own both, but I'm not is he owns sure. the entire town. That's what I want to know. I does think he so. Own all of I think, I think he does. Yeah. That's where he's oh, yeah. from. So you, because yeah. he's probably slept with all the women. In oh, absolutely. And he's, and he's just, <laughs> they're just like, they take pictures of him and they're and like, he just doesn't care. And he's like, whatever look what i look what i did last night (laughs) i'm gonna blackmail you go ahead (laughs) so if anyone doesn't remember that story he was playing for the panthers at the time and he went out had a went to a party met a met a young lady uh they they hit it off they went back to his place 
Next morning, she took selfies with him, passed out in the bed next to her. And then she tried to blackmail him for $5,000 a picture to which he laughed. Yeah, go ahead. Post it. I don't care. Not married, never been married, you know, no kids. Why does he care if people find out that he had an evening with a 24-year-old woman? <laughs> the man sold his own peanut butter. If that doesn't shame anybody. <laughs> so, uh, come on. Uh, just, I, I love just how Mac keeps that. bringing us back. I love how Mac keeps bringing us back there. You and I were going on a thing and he says, Cladno and the Cladno Knight are two. <laughs> oh, and somehow we have ended up with blackmail. I brought you, I brought you guys back on track. Yeah. So we started talking about beer and stuff and shit. We'll be here all day. Right? And so, then blackmail, exactly. then, then we ended up with blackmail and peanut butter. Blackmail, yeah, mullets, go. and peanut butter. There yeah. we go. It's a winning formula. That's the name of the show. Blackmail, like mullets, par- and peanut butter. It sounds like a party. <laughs> the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't want to be blackmailed about what you do with the peanut butter. Yeah, never mind. That, Mark, no, let's not go there. Let's not go there. But you know where we should go? <clears throat> go ahead. Take the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's chunky. <laughs> chunky peanut butter but where we should go is going to the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming habs unfiltered is brought to you by manscaped they offer precision engineering tools for your family jewels and are now available in the u.s canada the uk australia new zealand and the eu where Cladno is we have an exclusive offer for our audience use code unfiltered 20 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. Did you know one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all of the, uh, all of the men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, families impacted by testicular cancer as part of the We Save the Balls initiative. While you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. Manscaped recommends you check yourself once a month. If you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctor a call immediately. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. All liquid formulations use only the best ingredients. Some of these liquid tools include the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant for your balls, the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. Your balls 
will thank you. So moving on from that, a shaving your balls and from shaving your balls and peanut butter. From shaving your balls to talking <laughs> about a bunch of dicks online. The Jonathan Drouin, LTIR. He is now on LTIR for personal reasons. And the popular theory, as the team has said, they will not be giving information and they want you to respect his privacy, to which they were asked a thousand times in questions that day as to why and refused to answer. The, uh, the prevailing theory is the, the shit and abuse that he gets from the media and the fans, especially online. So speaking of dicks online, let's talk about that. Uh, Treg, how about you kick that one off? Well, as a writer and a podcast person like we are, almost every article I put out, whether it's about defense, goaltending, or whatever, it doesn't even have to have Drew involved. Someone makes the comment, Send Wood Drew into waivers. He's a waste of time and a waste of ice. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter. I could be talking about Victor Mete, and they'll they bring up Drew. Uh, I heard rumors that he was getting death threats at his house. I don't know how much that is true. It has um, been un- it's unconfirmed, but uh, yeah. would anybody be surprised? No. And it's man. It's re- back in January, I wrote an article saying that the media and fans have to give Druin his due for this season. Uh, I'm sorry, but I think Druin was having one of his best seasons of his career. Sure, he wasn't getting the points there in the last 20-some games, but neither was anyone else. Only Toffoli and Anderson were scoring goals. Nobody was putting up a bunch of Montreal scored three goals or less in the 11 of the last – sorry, 13 of the last 17 games. Um he, you know, I, I think he did have a, uh, he was wary of his wrist. I, I think that's why his shooting was down. Uh, Cause he, I mean, he wasn't really shooting and sure. That's fine. But he was getting the passes. He was forechecking. He was back checking. He was getting in the corners. He may not win all his battles in the corners, but at least he was going to the corners and battling, um, yeah. which is and, something and he, he was, he was asked about his goal scoring this season in a press conference, I think a week before he, he went yeah. on long-term injury and he said to the person asking the question, I don't remember who asked about the goals. He, he said, you realize that there's a column to the right of the goals column as yeah. well, meaning he's getting assists yeah. and he, he was on was, pace for matching his career high in points. He, he was on pace for 52 points, which uh, is a little less than his career high, but it's still around what he gets high, by the season. way, 53. The issue with Druin is he came over here in Montreal and my article in January lays that out. Like Bergevin kind of put him on a pedestal and said, here's our French superstar without really saying that, but that's kind of, they, they tried to play him at center. They wanted him to be their number one center and he's not a center. Right. And uh, everyone expected him to get 80, 90 points. Everyone expected him to be this big 70 to 80 point scorer. And Druin's not. He's not that. He's a fifty-five to see. He might get seventy in a season if he if he plays a full season, you know, with other players that can at least bury the puck. Uh, he's a playmaker. He's not a goal scorer. Um, I always made the argument online. So what you're telling me if this guy gets eighty or ninety assists, he's no good because he only scored two goals. Right, because that's what people say. Oh, well, he only has two goals. Yeah, but he leaves the team in assists. Someone's scoring if he's on the ice. 
And uh, the expectations to start were just way too high for him. Uh, and really, this just goes to show, can you guys imagine if we drafted Lafreniere and he had the season that he's having in New York here in Montreal this year? Be a total bust. He'd be can, the worst thing to ever happen to the franchise. He, they would run him out of the city, and that's kind of what they're doing with Druin. I would not be surprised if Druin's not in Montreal Canadian next year. It would not surprise me in the least. Yeah, I agree. And it's um, it's fans and media. And then you have some media people coming out saying, well, oh, take care, do this, do that. And you're thinking to yourself, you can go back on their, their Twitter and go back. I'm not going to name names because it doesn't matter. Uh, and go, wait a minute, you bashed him for this. You bashed him when he did this play. He missed this uh, breakaway and he had, had something to say about that. Now you're saying leave him alone and, and you know, it's not fair. What about all those times that you're going on about how shitty of a player? RDS, the antechamber, was on him like rabid wolves. I will name them because, you know, he was the worst thing to happen to Montreal, according to them. And Deneau said it perfect in the interview when they try to get something from him. He goes, said, there's added pressure to be a francophone player on this team. Yeah, he said he knows what it's like to be a francophone playing in Montreal. Yeah, which in, okay, interpret that to. Yeah, the, it's the same there thing. Is. It's the it means same the same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, Deneau also said when he was asked a question, he said there's things that are more important right now than hockey. Yeah. So, you know, we we can speculate all we want, but, um, you know, let's just leave the guy to his whatever issues he has and let him deal with it. Hopefully he'll uh, he'll come back as a stronger player. What, uh, what kind of I, – I want to defend people's right to be critical of a player when they make errors. Yep. They have every right to say, hey, exactly. look at this mistake he pulled. But those people that were constantly pointing out his mistakes were eerily silent whenever he did something well. Like there's people that would point out his mistakes and then point out his successes as well. I'm not saying that they don't exist. There's quite a few of them, but there's this vocal minority that no matter what he did, they hated everything he did. He could score a hat trick or put up four points in a game Actually, there was a game earlier this season. He scored three points in a game, was the first star, according to the NHL's selection of first stars. And there are websites that we all know and uh, have been blocked from now because we you know, chose not to work there anymore. Uh, that, would, that made him a minus in those games, calling him a failure because a lot of people just don't like the general manager or don't like the payments. That that yeah. The moves that he made, the move he made to get drawing. You can argue that the trade was a, it was a loss because it's Sergeyev that went the other way. That's fine, but leave the poor bastard out of it. Like it's Drew. not his fault. He was traded for a defenseman. He, he didn't sit there and say, Hey, if you're going to trade me to Montreal, make sure you get Sergeyev. Right. So but you can, was- you can't separate no. the anger about the trade from the player. And then they get angry about the player making these mistakes, but ignore all the good stuff. Like this year, he's at, he actually came into the season. He was dedicated, more dedicated defensively. Uh, yeah, he was imperfect. He made errors, but you name me one player on that team that hasn't made an error. Name one. Good luck. There's none. Um, but he was, he was playing well defensively overall. Uh, he was putting up some points. He was engaged. He was 
playing with Suzuki and they had chemistry and things were going fairly well. And then the second the wheels started to fall off, the jackals came and they just. That Suzuki drew and Anderson line was the eighth best line in the NHL up until they split it up. Uh, XGF percentage wise. So that means they were creating offense. They were controlling the play when they were on the ice and, you know, by doing that, their expected goals and their expected goals against was up and down relatively. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, and it didn't, it didn't matter what he did. Everyone was like, he's a bum. Well, I mean, Facebook, Facebook is the most toxic. Everyone thinks Twitter's toxic. Facebook is, and we know Blaine, because we put our articles on Facebook, different web uh, Montreal pages on Facebook all the time. And like I said earlier, every damn article you put out there, something about Druid. Well, Get the comments section on anything that I post on the hockey writers, anything, it has, it could have zero to do with him. Yeah. But anything it, I post on there gets two posts guaranteed, no matter what. Fire Bergevin, that, that's always the, the first one that pops up. And wave or trade Druin. Yes. Every yeah. time, without yeah. fail. Those, those end up getting weeded out by our, uh, our editor who goes through the comments, so it's not quite as toxic yeah. on the and there's rates. an automatic thing too. certain words that are in a thing will automatically right. put it out. Thank goodness. Yeah. They put but that in after we complained, even after he left the game, even after he, he said, listen, I need time off. You know, yeah. he was getting attacked. He was getting like on our own. We have a new uh, Facebook webpage. Now I'll plug that, I guess here, uh, our group, our Facebook group, uh, yeah, Habs unfiltered. Habs unfiltered. Go check it out. Someone on there said, "Well, if you're just, if he's just getting pissy because he's losing ice time, like fuck off." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's obvious what's happening, yeah. and it has it, whatever whatever's going on right now is it's bigger than hockey. It's not yeah. just it's it, not just his play. It's not the fact that he's not putting the puck in the net. There's something else going on that's yeah. affecting him. So let him let him take the time. And, maybe and we'll see, maybe we'll see him back at the end of the season. Maybe we won't. We, who knows? And, and the big argument that that they're putting out there is that, well, he's making millions of dollars to be a professional hockey player. He should be able to handle the heat. Well, I'm sorry. He's being paid to play hockey, not yep. be yelled at by a bunch of goofs online. Yep. Yep. It, it's What's, uh, what was that tweet there? Uh, if you can't handle, if it's too hot, get out of the kitchen. Oh yes, by a former hockey writer well that's what you want to call him well he attempted to be <laughs> uh anyway and like how, how are you going to do that when a guy is obviously having some men- I, I i truly believe it's mental health issues i truly believe 100 percent agree i think and, it is uh, they're not saying that but it, it that's what makes the most sense i don't care if you like the guy or not i really don't i don't care if you hate his play i don't care if you hated the trade I don't care if he criticized for mistakes he made. Great. Go ahead. You have all the right to do that. But to berate and belittle and criticize, 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 that's bullying. And whether you're a professional making $5 million a year or not, it still affects you. You only take so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, you think about it. These guys, they've got all that, sp- that free time during the day where they, they go in, you know, they have game uh you know ice time in the morning you know a little game day skate they go over some video they have lunch as a team a little meeting and then 
They go home for about five hours, six hours. It's, he's young enough where it's normal for him to be, okay, well, I've got a couple of minutes. I'm going to go online. And his mentions must be exploding constantly saying, you suck, you suck, kill yourself. You suck, you suck, you suck. Like I've actually seen people tell him to kill himself. After several years of that, I can totally understand why he would need time off to get away from this. And Matt, I think you're right. I think this may be it for him in Montreal. It, it very well could be. And um, yeah. I'm thinking, and, you know, I'm not going to put rumors out there, speculate or anything like that, but maybe he'd be somebody that would go to Seattle. Maybe. Right. He, go, to a new, go to a new <laughs> hockey market on a new team and expectations are uh, whatever they're going to be with Seattle. I don't and know. You know what will happen? He's going to rack up points and people are going to get pissed off at the team for letting him go. But he's going to go, but he, but he's going to go to a, you know, a non it, it's all speculation, of course, but it yeah. would be a non-Canadian market. He wouldn't have the mic in front of his face all the time. Smaller market. Right. So then again, it's brand new. There'd be more interest. So maybe that's, that's true. That's, tr- that, that's well, <laughs> but, but it's true. But the thing is like, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't expect it to be the guy all the time. Like who knows, who knows really? It's all speculation right now. I just, I, I just hope for not just as a hockey player, but as an individual that whatever issues he's dealing with right now, he deals with them, whether he's back this season or next season or whether he comes back at all, he deals with these because, you know, mental health, it'll, it just kills you from the inside. Yeah. Right. Now, so we like, we're two of us here based in Halifax. We've, got quite a bit of experience with Drouin and some of his issues in the past. We know a lot of things that have happened in the past. We're not going to get into it on this show because it's not public knowledge. So we are not going to share that, but I can guarantee you this. There are limits to people's mental health and today's day and age, the pandemic people are locked up indoors. It may seem minor to some people, but when it's the only thing that you're exposed to for long periods of time, that'll take its toll. This, this pandemic has forced people to stay indoors. You're not getting the same supports. You're not getting the same distractions. So now it's online life is more prevalent and it's more not it's nonstop. Yeah. I mean, the media, I mean, we're bashing on fans, but the media is just as bad. I mean, I, I lumped them all in together and yeah, we're yeah. part of it on yeah. both sides, yeah. both fan, um, the fan side and the media side. We, the three of us are part of that. I think the media actually has a bigger, cause he probably hears more from the media than he does from fans. Uh, cause you can kind of draw out fans by pay, not paying attention to Facebook, not paying attention to social, you know, any social media and that, uh, but I mean, I don't know. You watch more of the uh, French commentary than I do for uh, like RDS and uh, TVA. And Pretty stuff much the like same that. in English. Yeah, honest. and uh, you know, like we get, and uh, you know, I'm not going to throw names. Where everybody knows who they are, and everyone know listens to everything. They all know who it is, and you know, you get certain morning shows that are like, oh, drew in this, drew in that, drew in this, and then if he does play well, they're they don't. It's not so much about drew in. And then he plays bad. It's back to Drew and this, Drew and that, Drew and this, version and this, version and that. Ignore the good, highlight the bad. Highlight the bad. And I mean, Weber's getting the treatment this year about that. It's it's gravitating towards Weber because he's having a down season, even though analytic numbers don't support that. But uh, (laughs) um, 
it's the way that life is now. Can you imagine in uh, back in the nineties, Patrick Wall when he left Montreal? Can you imagine having social media back in the day, back in nineteen ninety when the Mall Wall leave ninety five, um, back in nineteen ninety five when Wall left Montreal, and that was just from the crowd. That was partly from the crowd. Oh, don't forget, not just the crowd. They, there were people that were purchasing billboards throughout Montreal between his home and the rink so that he would see them on his way to the rink and back saying, it's time to trade Patrick Roy. That's and then, and then you had his head coach who, as a media guy before that, was parading Patrick Waugh needs to be traded. So he was saying that the year they won the cup with Patrick Waugh in 93. Yeah. Because Bois had a down season in 93. He had like a three goals against average and a save percentage of eight something, but he ended up and like winning the playoffs. People complain that uh, nobody wants to go to Montreal. The UFAs don't come to Montreal. Well, there's a lot of reasons. You know, some of them have to do with weather, taxes. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> Being a Canadian market, some people don't want that. But the biggest part in my opinion, is that they have to deal with this through the media, the, the media fishbowl that is the Montreal Canadiens. Because in Montreal, it is not a hockey mad city. It is a Montreal Canadiens city. It's not about hockey. It's about the team. And there's a lot of outlets that turn members of the team and their family into tabloid style stories. They follow them around publicly. Some make up stories. Some infer things. They take pictures. They're they're paparazzi. Their their families are followed. Like it's, it is prevalent. So it's a major issue. And it's no wonder that, you know, eventually one player finally cracks under that pressure. And then they wonder why Montreal doesn't draft any high draft French players. Well, there's, who was it? The Athletic I, put something out just recently talking about how, uh, just uh, kind of exploring why Quebecois players tend to do better outside of Montreal than they do in Montreal. Pressure. 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 I mean, I wouldn't want to do, I mean, uh, it's just, it's sad really. And, and, and that's why I don't think Drew will be back next season. I don't think he'll be a Montreal Canadian again. He, he may play in the playoffs this year, maybe, but I don't think he'll be back next season. I, I hope he comes back 100% and he stays, but... So do I. I, I have a special know. spot in my heart for Druin, being a moose head and do all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I really, I like Druin. I liked when he came. I liked his play here. And if anyone hasn't noticed, I defend him a lot on social media and stuff like that. Uh, I know he's not what everyone thought he would be, but I didn't put him on that pedestal myself. So that's why I don't, and I don't look at his game at the, when I see him improving his game, it's not points. It's everything else he's doing on the ice. He's a second and, line playmaking winger. Correct. And that's the way I look at him. And that's the way if, I've always looked at him. So my, my thought on this right now is if he does come back this year, whether it be before the end of the year or he comes back for the playoffs is, is he going to be in the mental state to play at that high level that is going to be expected of him in the playoffs or towards the end of the season. And if it's not, then maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should sit out. If he does come back, it's because he feels he can. Yeah, that's exactly it. It shouldn't be pressure from outside sources it should be, you know, as a person, you know, I'm ready to go. 
And as much as people hate this, uh, not listen to it, but he's a playoff performer. He, 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 had, a, he had a great year. year last year. He had a great, great year, year last year. year. He had that uh, 23 points and 20 small games with Tampa the year, uh, his last year in, in Tampa. And, uh, you know, he's a good playoff performer. It's just the, I don't know, it's all the other stuff that's going on that is uncalled for. Yep. Now, we'll we'll leave it at that and we'll segue over to the playoffs itself. Uh, we'll talk about the Canadians and their playoff chances. I mean, Treg, you've been very vocal online about the Canadians and their magic number and how what it takes for the other two teams to knock them off. Um, the Habs are playing Winnipeg tonight. Winnipeg's on a five-game losing streak. The Canadians just lost uh, a game against Toronto where they may have had a moral victory, but they got, they, they got pounded 4-1. So... If the Canadians can pull off three or four wins, They're in. that's it. That's basically the playoffs for them. So do, do you think that's actually doable with the way they've been playing? Like this is. Well, Mon- Montreal in their last 10 are four and six. <clears throat> so they're playing 400 hockey. Uh, they have eight games left. Yeah. Uh, so 400 hockey in eight games is two wins, two. They need four. They need four wins. They need four, but. They need four, or they need Calgary and uh, Vancouver to uh, continue to, to lose. Continue to lose. Yeah. Uh, Calgary, if they would have lost to Winnipeg last night, Calgary would virtually be done. Um, Edmonton, Edmonton last night, or sorry, Edmonton yeah. last night. Yeah. Uh, the problem with Montreal is they're consi- they have no consistency. Like uh, nope. they win one. They now, mind you, against in the game against Toronto, I thought they played a good game. I thought they played well. Uh, yeah, that's the moral victory that I'm talking yeah, about. They, they they played a good game. They played a hard game. I mean, they got outskilled. I mean, you can argue about the they got outskilled. They got beat because Toronto's high end talent was just better than theirs. That's right. Uh, me, Mc, uh, McDavid, Matthews' goal, as amazing as it looked, I still say it was high stick. That should have been been called down. But well, even uh, if it was a high stick, it's not reviewable by the by the coach. It's not. But, it, but and it the, was a good goal. It was nothing you can do about it. The skill it's, it took to shoot that puck. The skill it took, and that's what Montreal is missing. Yeah, and uh, I think Montreal make the playoffs. I don't think Calgary and Vancouver got it in them to. Uh, I think if they win tonight, I mean they have this. What is it? Seventy nine point six percent chance of making the playoffs. That's where However, they're at right now. That's where they're at right now. However, three days ago it was eighty six percent. So. It's going to change with whoever wins and whoever loses. Uh, Vancouver's one. Uh, I always say Vancouver's the one to watch, but I think their schedule's too tight and too long, and they're going to fall into the same thing Montreal is right now, and that's just fatigue. Montreal's fatigued. I'm telling yes. you now, J.D. Laurent, uh, Lagrange, uh, he uh, said it perfectly. People can say it's an excuse all you want, but it's not. You're playing four games and seven nights, on a regular basis every week for the last four weeks of this season, it's going, you're going to hit a wall. And that's what Montreal's kind of at now. You could blame Bergevin for not leaving enough cap space or not leaving enough, uh, making too many call-ups for allowing them not to put fresh legs in uh, on a regular basis so they can bounce back and forth. Uh, But that's the issue. Uh, You can also blame Dom Ducharme for saying, Hey, Weber, you're not playing tonight because we need you and you need a night off. We're uh, saying, Hey Weber, why don't you play 14 minutes tonight? Minutes while night. this guy it's... covers you off. Right. So uh, you, you, 
you can point your finger wherever you want. Uh, but Montreal right now is playing on fatigued legs. So you say four games. I say if Montreal wins two more games are in. Four would be a pretty much a guarantee. Right. That's uh, why uh, I say four. It, you're right. Uh, I say if they play, keep playing their 400 hockey, if they play 500 hockey, they're pretty much in, which it would be four games. So, because uh, they have eight left. Um, and Calgary has five left, I think. So, um no, Calgary has seven left because Montreal one has game in one hand. game in hand. Yeah. Um, and Calgary has a pretty easy schedule coming up too. They play a game, then they get two days off, and then they play another game. And uh, I was just reading online I, off the top of my head. I'm just trying to think back to it. So, but they and they play Winnipeg, and they play three or four against Vancouver, and so they really need Vancouver and Calgary to beat each other up and win in regulation against each other so yeah they're gonna have to start rotating players in and out somehow they have to find a way of doing that they need some fresh legs this is where that meritocracy that we've talked about over the last few weeks would come into play if there's a line that's playing well give them more ice time let the other lines kind of ease off and you'll see that performance-based factors like that a meritocracy We'll give these uh, the team the guys who are not playing that well some time to manage their minutes, and they'll be more fresh the next game where they they might be the best line. It's just I, one of these things. I mean, if we want to look this on a positive note, uh, that uh, uh, Maxim Lapierre put on Twitter today. Yes, Montreal that's a good wins. Was was that? That's it's a good point. Go for it. Yeah. Montreal, if they win tonight, is only four points out of third with a game in hand. Yeah. If they win tonight, because yeah. Winnipeg's been dropping. So, yeah. And they just lost uh, Ehlers for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, yes, they did. if you want to look at it that way, but then again, Montreal has to win. So, and Montreal right now is on a win one, lose two, win one, lose two type. They've got to win. So, win. yeah. So, Winnipeg's on a bad skid right now. They're missing one of their top players. Um, Wheeler's playing injured. You can tell he is. He's the same as Weber. He's having a hard time, yeah. especially with, with Wheeler, who is normally used 20 to 25 minutes a night. That's a lot of time for a forward, let alone a defenseman like Weber. So you can tell he's playing banged up. That whole team is playing a little bit banged up. But they're in Montreal, so you know that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be playing lights-out hockey because he's a Quebecois local boy. Um, and Winnipeg does play well against Montreal, so... This is, it's a, it's a game where two teams are on a bit of a skid and the first team to actually step up and show a little bit more heart is going to win. This is, this is the concern with tonight's game. So if the, uh, the Canadians do win, LaPierre is right. It's, you know, they're, they're back in that, that thick of it again. And let's be honest, the Canadians are exactly where we put them at the start of the year. They're relying on a 20 and 21 year old center. That's their top centers, a 20 and a 21 year old. Kotkaniemi and Suzuki, while they have a ton of talent, a ton of skill, they don't have it all together yet. We're seeing flashes at times, but there's other t- other moments where it's just not quite there. If they were say 22 and 23 years old, when they're a lot closer to their peaks, we would be seeing a much different hockey team. So 
the biggest missing piece, we mentioned skill. We have all season long talked about puck moving defensemen, but just that experience for those two guys, we're going to see a much different team in the couple, in the, in the coming years. So making the playoffs right now is a big deal to develop them, get them some more ice time. Cause look at this, look at the leap and progression that they had last season with a playoff. I truly believe if they had a normal schedule, I don't think you'd see them as mediocre as they are right now either. I, I really don't. I, I think they wouldn't be backing into this fourth place. I think they'd be battling hard for third. Um, personally, that's that's it's true. The, 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 time off, the, the time off really did affect them. Yeah. Uh, they won their first two games, and then after that, it was they haven't won two games in a row since. So yeah, uh, they're coming back from COVID. And uh, I truly believe if they would have uh, wouldn't have had that eight day break or whatever it was, um, that they would be in a better spot than what they are right now. Because so, I, completely healthy, I do believe they can play any type of game they want. Um, unfortunately, I, they're picking this kind of game to play. Yeah, really. I, I don't know why. I mean, I wrote an article about why, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Like right, right now, for me, the concern is the players that they're missing out of their lineup, and when are they going to be back? And Especially what Gallagher. kind of sh- and what kind of shape are they going to be when they come back in the lineup? Mm-hmm. Um, like Gallagher skating now, not doing anything with the puck though. Um, Tatar possibly game time decision tonight. Byron's the same way. Um, like the way the, the the lines are back in a blender, and uh, we hated that. We hated that when uh, when Tarion did it. When when, when Tarion did it, we hated it. When uh, Julian did it, we hated it. But no, but that's just the way that it is right now. And like I've got the lines up here, I'll just read them off quickly. Kakeniemi, Dano Anderson, and Kakeniemi, take him. He's you know been one of your better centers in the last little while. Throw him back on the wing uh, to Foley, Suzuki, Armia, which is a line that can work. Um, Lekin and Evans, Caulfield. You got some speed. You got some defensive play on that, and then you got a shooter, and you got Froelich, Stall, Perry. So. I'm, I really, I'm they, really hoping. I'm really personally. I'm really hoping Tatar is back tonight because he's uh, very comfortable with Dano, and that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Grant McCagg made a good point about Cotton Emmy. Uh, he's there because of the lack of wingers they have right now. It's not because right. they're taking. Yeah, the that's true. That's true. And and he, you know, the team feels comfortable with him playing wing. Yeah. Because let's admit, he when he He'll played go. for Ass Porno, he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that in. He uh, was a winger. He was a winger. He was. Thing, he was. So. He was drafted. As a winger. As a winger, technically, yeah. but everyone yeah. knew he'd be a center. Sure. Um, I just like the uh, the the uh, insure line, the fourth one. <laughs> Give everyone a bottle of insure and let them go. It's yeah. like the Toronto Maple Leafs depth line because it's yeah. all old. <laughs> <laughs> the walkers. You know, I, like, we, I bring this up a lot. Like, I, I've been a big fan of Perry, Perry in the season that he's been having. He's, he's, he's a uh, gamer. He is. He's a gamer, and he comes out. There's a reason they put an A on his chest. They easily could have given it to to to, uh, to someone like Dano or any of the other guys that have been there a hell of a lot longer than Perry. But there's a reason they did it. I'd like the Evans, Lekkinen, Caulfield line, and I'll tell you why. Evans and Lekkinen, although Lekkinen falls 15 times a game and misses passes, Lekkinen's playing his ass off the he last is. few yeah. games. Yeah. Evans has probably been the best player on the team since he came back from sitting for stall 
And uh, I kind of like, it's like a high energy line that they're putting together. My only worry about it is that uh, Lekkonen's passing lately has been terrible, but... Um, but Lekkonen on a line like that, his job is going to be puck de- defensive. Yeah, puck yeah. retrieval, and he's the defensive guy. Yeah, so, and Evans is good defensively yeah. as well. He's not he's not a slouch, so uh, and he's got great speed. They're sheltering Caulfield with uh, two good defensive guys, so he can just go out and do his thing. And yeah. both have speed, and yeah. they can keep up with him. Yeah. He finds that, and he's got the two games under his belt now. His Corsi 4 and his uh, XGF in both those games to get combined – He's above 65%. Oh, he's and, the and for those who don't follow advanced stats, that's fucking good. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's not like he's not getting the minutes either. He's averaging about 15 minutes a night. So he's, he's playing a lot. He's playing extremely well. He's getting tons of shots on net. He's finding those open areas. He hasn't been found on a couple of them yet. There was one pass in the last game that uh, kind of fluttered over to him and it just, he just missed out on it. But that's a line with Evans having a little bit of playmaking ability with speed where I think if they get a mismatch against <clears throat> a third or fourth line for Winnipeg, they'll be able to put up some points. In the Toronto game, there's a lot of, he was open a lot and they didn't get yeah. a pass over to him. No. So, yeah. I mean, he finds the open night. Like we always said, he's the type of guy. He's like Ovi. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a scorer like Ovi, but the way he plays is exactly like Ovechkin. He finds he's always open. He, he, knows, where to, he knows where to go. He knows and they, where to go. And they know that that's the weapon. That's yeah. the guy. It's, it's like Ovechkin. Ovechkin. And you brought it up. Ovechkin can literally stand on the faceoff dump. And we've seen it. The, the, the play is going on over here. He's just standing there. He's like, it's going to come to me. I'm well, going to get my shot off. And I'm probably going to score. Because he knows yeah. the secret. Hockey yeah. players don't are unable to see you unless you're moving. They're like Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> they only see movement. That's it, actually kind of accurate. It's the All secret. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, for tonight, Montreal needs a good start. They need to play ahead, like by two yeah. goals, like get a couple goals, play ahead. And they need to play like the last period of the Calgary game and the Toronto game. If they play like they did in the Toronto game, they should do well. It, it's a Toronto game. It's just unfortunate that their talent just beat them. And then they, you know, they get that uh, third line goal against on them. And that was the end of it. So yeah. Toronto had all their skilled players in, they played well. And they, that's, that was the difference in the game. Exactly. <clears throat> the Canadians like, are still amassing that skill and still developing that skill. I'm not, I, I can't take anything away no. from Tor- Toronto on that game. Like they I think Montreal O played them. They, 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 uh, I think Anderson said it right. Munch Toronto was kind of sitting back on their on their on their skates, and it was a game they should have. It should have been four one Montreal with the way of the play on the ice. It's just Toronto's talent was just that much better, and that's what they used to win. Well, Speaking of Anderson, I love that hit. Yeah, that was a good hit. Oh, yeah, no, Riley. That. Riley's <laughs> out. Eh? Riley. Yeah. Riley's injured. That, well, I don't know if it's from that hit, but he he's out. So. Maybe. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So if for the Canadians, really, it comes down to. Uh, if they want to win games, they're going to have to start going to the net more. They're not getting enough shots in the slot. They're not going to the net enough. It was evident in that game and every other game before that. So uh, I I remember when the team was just was among the league leaders in in, in shooting. Yeah. And now it's just, you know, I I, I get the new systems, short passes, all that kind of stuff. You still got to generate chances. 
especially when you're not as skilled as other teams, you have to be in closer to the net to score. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we're going to end this segment here. Uh, went pretty long. Uh, today's show is going to go a little bit longer than normal. Hopefully you enjoy the extra content. So when we come back from break, we will be joined by Sam Harrigan from the uh, Badger Herald out in Wisconsin. He's going to talk to us a little bit about Cole Caulfield and some women's hockey. So uh, stick around. We will be right back. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. Today. Not a real product. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use... If you're healthy, if you want loyalty, buy a dog. And welcome back to Hubs Unfiltered. Uh, We are joined now by Sam Harrigan of the Badger Herald Sports. Uh, Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm glad you took some time out of your your busy day at school to, uh, you know, spend some time with us old farts over on the East Coast. Of course. Of course. Make all the time. So, uh, Sam, I'm bringing you on because you broke the story of Cole Caulfield getting the call up to the NHL. So can you give us a little background on how that day went and what happened? Yeah, uh, Monday was a lot of fun for me. Um, I kind of woke up, did some homework, did some class. I'm a college student, as you kind of briefly hinted at here at Wisconsin. Um, So just kind of going about my, my Monday as normal. Got a text didn't think anything of it, sat back down, did some more homework. And I was like, wait, I don't see anything about this. Maybe I should, maybe I should throw it out there. See, see if it'll uh, get a little traction. And it certainly did. Um, so it was a, uh, a busy 36, 48 hours where my phone would not stop lighting up and buzzing and, you know, it was DMS and comments and so many nice words and nice messages and um, made my day. It made my week, and it was it was a lot of fun, and also just very happy to see Cole Caulfield finally playing in the NHL. Yeah, local boy makes good and gets onto one of the uh, the oldest teams in the world, and he did pretty well. I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, um, Monday especially, what he had four or five shots, and I, I know he came graded out as the second highest uh, rated forward of the night. So yeah, I, I'd say he looked pretty good for his first NHL game, and 
look good on uh, on Wednesday as well. And he's a local product of Wisconsin. So can you give us a little idea of what that means to the hockey mad market that is Wisconsin? Yeah. So first and foremost, it's important to realize that Wisconsin, as you briefly hinted at, is a hockey lover paradise. Um, it's hockey, 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 especially pond hockey. There's lakes everywhere and all winter you'll see people out uh, playing hockey. But Caulfield's from Stevens Point, um, which is kind of a smaller town, about an hour north of Madison, where the University of Wisconsin is. Um, and they it's a small town, but they pump out athletes um, like Joe Pavelski went to the same high school as Cole. Um, but it's not a small deal to go from Stevens Point High School or any Wisconsin high school and come play hockey here at the University of Wisconsin. Um, you know, we don't have a hockey team, as I, as I said. So um, all the hockey fans here kind of resort to the Badgers. You know, Wisconsin is their NHL team. Um, and it, it's certainly a big deal. Um, and especially for a, a kid from Wisconsin to make a big time playing here and, and now up into the show, he's, he's kind of a, a superstar all throughout the state. Yeah, and Wisconsin's not a a small program either. They're one of the nation's top hockey programs, are they not? Right, they are. And um, that was more evident kind of a while back, um, kind of been in, in a little bit of a steady decline for about 10 years or so. Um, but Cole kind of brought the – Cole, among others, like Dylan Holloway, like Linus Weisbach, kind of brought the uh, program back for a year, won the Big Ten regular season, uh, best offense in the country, finishes highly ranked as number four, number one seed in the NCAA. A tournament, so kind of brought back to the prominence of old, and it was um, a much needed good season for Wisconsin and for Tony Granado, whose uh, hot seat was warming, warming steadily, but might have cooled off a little bit thanks to Cole and Dylan and other uh, some other of the big names on the team this year. Yeah, winning the Big Ten probably helped a little bit in easing. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd imagine the campus was a little bit, a uh, little bit of a buzz on campus after that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so Wisconsin's more of a football school first. Um, but anytime you got a good team on any campus across the world um, or any city across the world, obviously it'll revolve around them. Um, both the men's and women's teams were awesome this year. And um, it became obviously everybody already loves hockey here, but it just became so much more where regardless of where you go, you'll see the games on and um, it was a really fun time, a fun atmosphere, especially because they were such a, not only were they a good team, they were a fun team. They led the country in goals. They're scoring nearly five a game. So played fun. They played, they played fast paced and they scored a lot of goals. So it's a good team to watch and a good team to root for. Now you mentioned the women's team and you cover the women's team for the Herald. So um, we at Habs Unfiltered are based out of Nova Scotia and the captain of the women's Badgers team, is from Kentville. She's one of our very own blue nosers, Brett Petit. If I'm yeah. pronouncing that correctly, um, I'm sorry, Brett. I'll get it next time. But she, along with your uh, with the rest of her teammates, went back to back championships. They did. They brought number six back here to Madison. Um, Brett, as you hinted at, was the captain of the team. She also was uh, third on the team in points, and that she was awesome. She um, among Daryl Watts and Sophie Shirley, kind of the two big names who both finished top 10 in the Patty Kazmaier. I'll give Daryl Watts a little bit of a shout out here. Completely robbed of the Patty Kazmaier. It's okay. It happens. Um, but uh, Brett Pettit was awesome all year. As you mentioned, 
captain of a national championship winning team. Um, that's a big deal. And it was a big deal around here going back to back six national champion, national championship back to Madison. And um, I think you can argue that the Wisconsin women's team um, is arguably the most prestigious women's hockey team anywhere in the world, uh, especially being coached by Mark Johnson, Wisconsin, great team USA, great. And uh, just kind of an all around hockey legend. So uh, they, them winning the national championship is no small, no small deal around here. Um, women's hockey is, as I kind of hinted at, was is arguably bigger here than anywhere else in the world. They sell out the Cole Center, which is our big arena here. They'll they'll stuff twenty thousand people in there. They set all the attendance records for women's hockey. So um, them winning a national championship is certainly a big deal and a big deal for Nova Scotia to be captained by Brett Predit. Yeah, we. Uh, I got to admit that the women's hockey. Uh, is not the biggest uh, sport here should be bigger than it is, but having someone from the province, she, uh, she brought some buzz back, especially just before the women's world championships were supposed to be held here in Halifax. Now those were canceled. Um, sadly, the province kind of backed out at the last minute and shut those down, but What's your take on the importance of the women's game and growing the sport around the world? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the women's game grow faster than it ever has. Um, you know, I'll look at Alexi Lafreniere, shows up to his first day of training camp as the number one overall pick, the highest touted prospect in years, wearing a women's hockey sweatshirt right in front of the media. Um, you're seeing games. I'm a Ranger fan, so I'm a little bit biased here, but with the, what the New York Rangers are doing, hosting women's hockey games at Madison Square Garden, um, it's a big deal. Um, and to see kind of how fast it's growing is, is certainly really cool for somebody who covers the sport. Um, you know, it's, it's a good product. It's a quality product. And um, again, it's a little easier for me being here at Wisconsin, kind of the center of the women's hockey market. Um, but regardless of uh, where you go in a hockey centric area, it's really important to continue to grow women's hockey because it's a sport that deserves it. Um, there's a lot of very talented athletes, a lot of um, very skilled hockey players, and and they deserve all the uh, all the growth that they're getting right now. Yeah, I've um, I've got daughters, and I've coached hockey at the grassroots level for women for many many years, and I've coached some amazing hockey players. Some of the most talented have been the the female athletes that I have coached. So. Um, I'm a, I'm a large proponent of a partnership be, between the NHL and the, uh, the women's, the women's leagues, maybe an NWHL. I think there's six teams so far. I'd like to see a, a firm partnership. What, what is your take on how that would be? I mean, with the skills competition, the women just showing up the men at the, uh, the yeah. all-star skills, uh, skills competitions. How big do you think that'll be? I think it's a huge thing. Um, you know, I think it starts at kind of the ground floor uh, with the NHL, with the players. And if the players can show that they're involved and that they care, you know, it's not just Alexi Lafreniere. There's been a lot of guys wearing the PWHPA, Professional Women's Hockey Players Association sweatshirts, um, to kind of show off that aspect of the game. And as you briefly hinted at, uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield uh, competing in the fastest skater and flying out there. Um, at the all-star game. So just kind of giving them a platform. There was big news yesterday for the NWHL uh, doubling their salary cap for every team from 150,000 to 300,000. So um, the game is growing. It's growing faster than it ever has. 
Um, and that just continues to start with the NHL players because they have the voice here. It doesn't, Gary Bettman's voice is obviously bigger than the rest. Um, but when there's a whole of a lot of NHL guys and a lot of NHL superstars uh, reaching out and speaking out on the importance of growing women's hockey, it'll kind of force Gary Bettman's hand and force a partnership, a more firm partnership um, for a lot of reasons with the NWHL and, and even more women's hockey leagues across the world. Now, uh, as we record, it's the 29th of April. Um, the NFL draft is about to start. And as, a, as I'm a massive Packers fan, I was just wondering who you think they're going to pick in the first round. You know, I, I've been reading stuff all day about how they're going to trade up. Um, so I even was reading something about a possible Aaron Rodgers trade that they shut down from the 49ers. So I think the Packers are going to be moving here. I hope for Aaron Rodgers say that they go get a, uh, a receiver for him. You know, whether that's Rondell Moore, who I love, or Rashad Bateman from Wisconsin's arch rival, Minnesota, hoping they get, they get him a little help. I'm not a Packer fan. I'm actually a New York Jets fan. I have it a lot worse than you do. Um, so <laughs> You know, I'm uh, I'm hoping that you and a lot of my uh, my friends here at Wisconsin are diehard Packer fans, and hoping Aaron Rodgers gets a little help and gets back to the Super Bowl. Be nice to see. And it would uh, be. all I can say to your Jets is good luck. Yeah, we're gonna need a lot of it. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show um, and giving us a lot of really good background on the on the women's game, on Wisconsin itself. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you and what they can expect. Yeah. So I'm i uh, I'm all over Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Sam Harrigan, 84 first name, Sam, last name, H A R R I G A N number 84. Um, I'm there. I'm a lot of hockey tweets, uh, both about my New York Rangers. And now I'm starting to have to cater to the uh, Canadians fans that they've kind of been blowing me up lately. So um, I'll, uh, I'll certainly be uh, chiming in about Cole Caulfield here and there as he deserves um, a lot of women's hockey too, with, with Wisconsin and the NWHL as a whole. I also write uh, for the Badger Herald, which is our school newspaper here. As you said, I, uh, I cover the women's hockey team. We'll probably be doing that again next year. Um, and maybe, and I, I write a lot about men's hockey as well. So um, I love hockey. I'm always, always writing or tweeting about it. So come find me there. That's where I'll be. All right, Sam, thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, I wish you the best of luck in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to come on. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, 
did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>